Hello and welcome to the Airbike Podcast. Um, whilst we're kind of working towards a couple of product launches coming soon, uh, we thought it'd be a good idea to look back at um, some of our shelf ideas. In previous podcasts, we've kind of talked about the whole concept of the shelf and how we go from nice deer stage and push them through to research proposals and then uh, whether we think it's a good idea, we then push forward and fully develop it. Um, but today we'll look at kind of products that are in the idea stage and this is basically anything that we've noted down we've woken up in a sweat in the middle of the night and we want to note it down and this is where it goes um i think collectively we've all kind of added stuff in yeah um so yeah we'll kind of pick some some stuff at random and then talk about how they got there okay yep and just to clarify in case this is someone's first shelf episode they are kind of business or product ideas that we've kind of, as Steve mentioned, just noted down on Trello. Very little research, probably. <laughs> Very little indeed. Um, so, looking at random, first one I see is glass door for office spaces. I think that was my one. So, Ross raised yeah. this. When did he raise it? Uh, middle of January. Right. Uh, this is probably when we were kind of looking around office spaces, and uh, I think we had to dealing with a bit of a dodgy salesman um, or salesperson type. Yeah. Uh, and we thought, oh, it would be good if there was kind of like this open platform where everyone yeah. could contribute and uh, give information about rent prices, whether it's actually a good service, what's included, what's not included. Uh, yeah, it's a pretty good idea. I, nev yeah. I never really dismissed yeah, it. I've just been too busy. <laughs> <laughs> That's my initial reaction. Uh, yeah, <laughs> not bad. Yeah, it's, it's kind of, I guess, opening up the whole uh, barriers. That's the whole glass door style of... Uh, looking in and, and seeing what people yeah. are paying for the, the rent and if it's a good place. And Yeah, the only thing I haven't really uh, looked into more is whether people would actually be willing to share that information because a lot of people obviously get preferential treatment yep. versus others. Yep. Whether they mm -hmm. want to highlight that is well, probably yeah. not a thing. I just need to talk to some people about it. Like yeah. I, d I think we would. Yeah. You don't always have to say the price as no. well. No, you don't. It could be a, uh, a range or... Um, good value for money sort of thing but the thing that we wanted to know is kind of because we felt like we were we didn't know if we were getting ripped off so yeah. you kind of do want to know the price that's one of the key elements you do yeah. want to know because you just want to know am I paying it doesn't even have to be am I paying less than this person it's just am I getting ripped off is the yeah, question yeah. you want to answer and yeah and I'm sure they're more than happy to help you out with that and all these these new offices new co-working spaces with you know glass doors yeah I reckon, I reckon yeah. you could just walk in and speak to them probably well like we um well, I think why this came into my head as well is because Steve got a call from someone who was like being referred to him because yeah. of mm. the current office space we're in, and kind of was asking a few questions about it. So it's obviously that recommendation yeah. is, is vital. Yeah, and uh, probably not literally walk in, but if you could just like contact a business there and be like, yeah, and and some office chat. spaces probably uh, offer that. Yeah. You know, if you ask for it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the the current one, I think someone was prospective moving into our office space and. I think the the salesperson said, "Why don't you talk to someone who's already in the space?" So it helps them as well. Yeah, unless they have really bad air conditioning problems, <laughs> yeah. um, noise problems. Yeah. Uh, but would you prefer there was honesty or? Yeah, or I would. Not, but then yeah. I'd be a lost sale as well, potentially. Yeah. yeah. But that's probably why I didn't <laughs> pick it up more. But it's it, yeah, we'll, we'll definitely explore it. But then you're not se you're not selling it to the to the officers, right? No, no, you're not. But you do unless you have a good if you. Do actually run a really good office space with with no problems. Exactly, you'd want to preach it. Yeah. yeah, that's the same as glass door. Yeah, um, exactly. Like I mean, if anyone doesn't know what glass door is, it's kind of a, a way for to look at 
reviews of well employees reviews of working at a company yeah um so airbyte does airbyte have a glass door I don't no know. Well, i'd have to that'd be yeah, you'd, have have to to be <laughs> you'd have to start it maybe <laughs> you're the first person <laughs> but um yeah so it's, it's that sort of concept for office spaces yeah and i've s- in my little experience of shopping around for office space very little um <laughs> I've come to realise that it's much like getting a pizza. <laughs> Let me explain. <laughs> what I mean is that you're always going to be offered a deal. Yes, you absolutely. You're never, it's never face value. No, you should yeah. always uh, um, haggle and yeah. always search for that barn because there will be one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always make it seem like they, they're being really kind, you know, two for Tuesdays kind of thing. Like yeah. Yeah, so it's just trying to get yeah get past that um, facade of mm. is this is this true bargain or not mm. which probably most often is not mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> that's probably the answer anyway we should probably move on well so we, we all like this idea should we move it forward or <laughs> keep it where it is i would like to uh research it. i think when i put into research phase it's more talking to people yeah about, well, that's what research. about that problem yeah. um yeah i think uh, i think we got a successful all research right. state. I'm, I'm bumping it up bumping. yeah we need it <laughs> yeah, uh, producer Alex, where's the noise? Well, it might be in there. You might be in there. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Magic of post-production. <laughs> uh, okay, next uh, idea we're going to talk about is helping app companies slash tech businesses migrate their app product to other countries. Who raised this one? This was you. This was me. Okay. Yep. Um, Can surprise. I just note the time that this was raised? 11.01pm on January the 1st. On New Year's Day, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> wow. Actually, no, I was in Australia at this time, so it would have been the day after New Year's Day. Oh, like, fair enough, fair enough. So that is in. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this one was basically, I think I came across a couple of products, maybe they're in Australia, I don't know where I was, but um, basically UK companies that want to target, or it doesn't have to be UK, but maybe English-speaking countries that want to target Asian countries or South America or a continent that, their culture is not the same. Mm-hmm. Um, so whether that includes uh, UI, UX differences. So I know Asian apps have a lot of differences in terms of how UI and UX generally functions. They're used to different things than we are. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of non-westernizing the whole UI experience of apps and giving people advice on that. Mm-hmm. Um, localization, big one. Uh, service performance, oh, server performance. So whether that's through CDN or whatever it is yeah um app store copy which is a huge thing that people lack i think is it they published it on the app store and they distribute it to hundreds of other countries mm-hmm. the you know chinese speaker isn't going to know what this app does if it's not translated in the language <laughs> um and then push navigation marketing um which needs to be handled for every single country that they're in but that's different language speaking yeah we're seeing some of our clients well one client in particular having uh, not issues, but kind of um, treading new ground with uh, launching in China because there's obviously the, the, the platform differences because essentially you don't have Google. So if your app uses Google Maps, you need to account for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's also like the WeChat platform, which mm-hmm. is basically what their version of the internet is. It's really, yeah, yep. it's really different. And handling, handling those, not cultural differences, but just like differences that are now ingrained in that culture amongst te- technology. Yeah. So yeah, this kind of idea was just just to help people migrate. How would that look? Would it look like a team in China? Like, uh, I th- yeah, I think it would be more consultant based. So okay. maybe someone with 
part experience of migrating apps to different countries and then mm-hmm. helping guide through the process um, rather than kind of a, a service, I guess. It would be yeah. a it lot more. It is interesting how much things can change. You know, we were doing some some naming the other day and we were doing some split testing, user testing for, for names. And one of one of the names we were testing, if it was in Australia, <laughs> well I, can't, I can't recall the exact name, but... <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I think <laughs> the people. I mean, different countries have different meanings for names. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and like so some businesses, like you know, there could be some UK companies that in the US, there could be a company with the exact same name, which is a completely different industry, um, yep. which could be confusing. Yep. And even even things like branding decisions. Um, so like a font, for example, can mean different things in different countries. I believe it chocolate wrappers have different fonts in different countries depending on like if there's a premium selection so like the premium selection design in one country can be mm. very different to another mm. and stuff like that which can same with color yeah um, of course as well it can really hinder hinder like a product launch because mm. you, you won't know that yeah so interesting one it is i don't know if we're the right people maybe not with the experience in yeah. terms of going going global no, yeah, um, yeah, maybe we don't have the <laughs> the knowledge or. But yes, uh, it is super interesting. I'd love to obviously get into that. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's uh, too much of a barrier to. I'm just sort of a bit research and things like that. We could build up a bit of skill set to do it, but currently, I, s- maybe yeah. not. I assume it would look the way that would work is almost a middleman. Yeah. So, be people come to to our company, say they want to launch this product. We understand what their needs are and then we partner them with a consultant from Brazil you know mm. China mm. and then it kind of goes from there yeah I guess we know the problems but we don't know how to solve them mm. in those countries no so we'll stick that we'll keep that in idea stage okay until something else comes up um, wah, wah, wah. <laughs> <laughs> good noise uh, maybe maybe there should be a their one down from idea stage like a, releg- soon. a relegation. Too no, it's, it's good though. Relegation. What like we're doing league tables now? <laughs> <laughs> well, we go instead of going up to research it, you can go down to. Yeah, but nothing's ever going to really happen to yeah. that, is it? Yeah. All right. So I guess that's just deletion. Deletion. <laughs> Next one. Uh, platform that utilizes students for low-skill, high-labor tasks that such as gardening, moving, etc. This was you, Alex. This is me. This is my one. Yeah, I, I s- saw this was done in the US specifically for for moving furniture, and I thought it was a really great idea because obviously for for you know students at uni, you got young guys, strong, they might play a bit of sport, but they might need a bit of bit money, some beer money maybe. <laughs> so I think a platform like this is really good for them because then they can provide low cost labour. And they're kind of their students, so you know, you know they're not going to cause any trouble. Hmm. Um, and it's kind of using that as a labour force, um, which is a lot cheaper than than you know hiring a landscaper to do yeah. to do some heavy work. Yep. Um, so would this be kind of a, a middle ground platform which connects people looking for jobs, and then students can just go in and pick and choose? Yeah, maybe. I see it as a kind of you have a number of students under your kind of under your company mm. what and they're somewhat vetted yeah in the same way that kind of it's not it wouldn't be like open 
No, you'd have to send them there. You, they'd have to be wearing branded T-shirts. Right. Kind of thing. <laughs> and, yeah, and you kind of lo- uh, market locally. Then you're supporting the local kind of students. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Full circle. And, and yeah, um, it was quite relevant as well to us specifically yeah. because cause of our uni ventures. Yep. Um, <laughs> so we kind of we kind of have reach. Yeah. To, like to, f- to fulfill that side of the market in chicken and egg. Yeah. yeah, I don't know if there's actually that many low-skill uh, tasks that can be fulfilled in this way that you people would consistently want mm. to be filled like that. For instance, moving is generally considered low-skill, but actually it's not because actually who would you rather move your like expensive stuff, uh, like professionals or students that have never done it before? And, I mean, gardening, a bit different. Obviously, yeah. you get landscapers versus people that are just hack at your tree which is yeah. you know you might you get what you pay for um but moving uh, i think it's a bit specialist and then i'm struggling mm. to think other than maybe like go out and get me ben and jerry's in the middle of the night i'm mm. struggling to think of other tasks that that suit that criteria because yeah. yeah i mean we we kind of brainstormed this ages ago when we were at university about can we do this kind of platform mm-hmm. to scale but then we found it wasn't really needed mm. that much yeah and I think another thing is to do with the pricing model of it uh, in terms of the payments going out to the students would be quite low. So how would you get money? If, you, if you're taking commission, it would be very low commission. Yeah. And whether that traffic rate would be high, I don't know. It's an interesting, interesting question. I feel like I'm pitching <laughs> for funding right now. Um, <laughs> Maybe you are. <laughs> this, is, this is the type of thing so you need to consider yeah. before putting an idea <laughs> in the shop. <laughs> the hard yeah. and fast requirement. <laughs> I think that needs to be relegated. This. No, it's interesting. Yeah, but it's interesting to think about how you, we can use our that kind of absolutely it does leverage to um you know instead of just traditional advertisement or affiliates. Yep. For, for delivery food delivery company. Yeah, and on like we found like campus-based networks or any network that's really close-knit is a great way to launch a product that Mm -hmm. relies on kind of viral growth because people just talk about it and even year on year you'll see growth naturally without any advertising spend it's the quickest word of mouth spread isn't it Mm -hmm. students students love a love a good service or a good deal yep there you go good way to get beer money (laughs) (laughs) all right uh shall we stick that in rejected or give me an idea stage I do stage, please. I do stage. Further research <laughs> for my pitch. Uh, okay, interesting one. I'm not sure what this means, but it's driverless news tool slash review publication. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad one to choose. Uh, <laughs> 9 a.m. on a cold November. Um, Wake up one morning. So I think I was thinking of kind of... So our app, Droneville, which is essentially news and a couple of utilities it was basically that and trying to apply that to other future tech or upcoming tech driverless mm-hmm. automotive okay. is um kind of one of those okay so it was just basically an evolution of that and maybe one day i'll i'll tackle it and just have it because because it's kind of like there's not many uh curated sources for that kind of industry right now yeah. it's kind of it's always in tech blogs and stuff but it's not actually like a yeah that's interesting fanatics I'd, I'd imagine there there must be some yeah but they're not that easy yeah no, i've not come across any that are doing that well if you were to look for um like a source of information whether it's driverless or ai or whatever would you want 
a bespoke tool for it, or would you want a variant? Well, that's pretty much why I didn't uh, proceed with it. Yeah, yeah. Get, um, like the same with Dronville. Like it gets it gets interesting, but after a while, it's it's pretty samey. Mm. You know, every six months it's uh, new drones, new wave of drones. <laughs> so then, other than that, it's draw drone law. Yeah. So, yeah. And, and it's pretty much going to be the same thing: mm. new wave of tech followed by a new wave of law yep. and then <laughs> r- rinse and repeat for six years until yeah. it becomes standard yeah yeah i mean uh, i saw a product hunt launched an app called sip I yeah think, yeah which is uh, like a daily digest of tech news mm-hmm. that's quite interesting but the content on there is minimal i haven't had there's like 10 articles on there oh, oh that's yeah. weird yeah so in addition to Daily Digest, there's a guy I follow on Twitter who runs a company called Charged, which is, he's a tech journalist and he writes kind of, he writes summaries of tech news in the day. So it could be on like a big news, so like Spotify, you know, doing the IPO, stuff like that. And he charges for it, which I find quite interesting. Um, I think it's about five ten dollars a month. But he's he seems to be doing quite well and he's got his monthly revenue. He shared he's open with all his monthly revenues, which I think is cool. You know, just as a side note. Yeah. But um, yeah, it seems like there's demand for this kind of concise, paid news that you know cuts through the rubbish. Absolutely. What do you think of that? Would you would you ever consider paying for something like that? His selling point is be like the the most um, well formed, well informed <coughs> in the office. The thing is though, all news, in my opinion. <laughs> and this is a biased opinion that I'm going to say. All n- all news, I think, is biased anyway, regardless of who's reporting it. I think it, even if you intend to not be biased, you will be. Um, so it kind of depends on whether I agree with some of his bias or lo- whether I find it interesting. That's kind of key thing. So it's down to kind yeah. of the personality behind it. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah it's almost. It. Uh, I guess that's almost like a Patreon. Yeah. Right. So he's he's putting out media. It could always it could be YouTube. He yeah. could be doing that on YouTube, but. But instead of advertising, you're paying him. And a lot of people, you know, support content creators. So I guess it's yeah. just a, a twist on that. So you must be putting out some good stuff then to have those kind of repeat customers. Yeah. So nice job. You're not going to say his name? Oh, you did a His charge. name is Owen, I believe. Okay. He's charged. Nice. That's a shout out. Shout out. Cool. Sponsored. All right, next. Uh, uh, d- what are we going to do with that? Yeah, we got time. Yeah. Driverless news tour. What are we going to do? I'll leave it. I'll just leave it there. Leave it there for another day. You want to be a driverless content creator? <laughs> I don't know enough yet. No, that's why I dro- That's why I build these. Tools <laughs> we did see a Tesla earlier. You could have. I don't think that counts. That. <laughs> Parked right outside. Walking past a Tesla, it's not <laughs> count. <for laughs> no, driverless sex, but <laughs> <laughs> not even you like you t- driverless. <laughs> I just made. S- I just made Reading sound really bad. <laughs> We saw a Tesla today. <laughs> it was amazing. <laughs> no, it was a nice. It was a nice Tesla. It was. Uh, you don't see many of them as well, knocking about those big ones. What are they uh, called? Uh, the Model X. Model X. I think. Yes. The big 4 by 4s Yeah. <laughs> uh, so have we got time for another one? Yes. We do? Yeah. Okay. We do. Last one's a bit of a fun one. <laughs> and Ross will laugh at me for this. We've got a sound for this. Um, oh, no. I know what's coming. <laughs> it was a uh, pickpocket. Uh I spoke about this on the previous podcast. I, don't know, I can't remember if it went out or not. Yeah, I think you did on the design. Um, yeah, so do you want to give yeah. the Yeah, so the, the, the general story behind Pickpocket was it was a game um, and it was um, it was kind of around the time that location-based 
apps were a, a big thing and the whole social network location-based stuff was, was a big thing. Me and Ross had worked on multiple uh, location-based apps. Um, one was called Mixer, which was like a social network connecting your neighborhood. Uh, another one was like an Instagram feed um, for places you've been in the past couple of hours. Um, Pickpocket was a game where you uh, basically uh, f play against people. It's got a local game, but based on kind of Bluetooth. So say if you walked into a coffee shop, um, and someone else had the game installed, it would ping you saying, um, do you want to rob this rob, rob this guy? Um, and it would ping you, and then you opened the app, and you'd be able to do like a secret puzzle. So drummer in a game like Splinter Cell, or um, kind of games like that where you had to pick a lock. Um, it'd be like a, a lock-picking game, and you'd play this game, and then uh, at the same time, the other player would, would get like a buzz, and it vibrates saying someone's trying to steal your money. Yep. Um, and then they'd try and fight back, and it kind of worked like that. So it was, it, it was based around stealing other people's money, virtual money. Yeah, yeah. Um, and around this time, kind of thought this was around an exam period, and then a couple of months later, I was going to start it, and then I found that someone had already done it, and it was called PK, PKT, isn't it? Pickpocket, yeah, just yeah. short short name for Pickpocket. <laughs> um, and then I, I thought I'd add something again, 30th of September, saying yep. yes, it's back, but utilizing AR technology instead. There you go. Um, so using Bluetooth as well as AR, where you you get the visual of you know someone in a room where you say this is the pickpocket, and it oh gives yeah. them like a costume and <laughs> a bit more interactive. So I wouldn't be surprised if the same guy ends up doing this. He in might a be in a month or so. Let Let me just check <laughs> if that pickpocket is still is still live. <laughs> <laughs> Would that be a strange interaction though, right? Pointing a camera at each other. If they play the game, then it <laughs> might be kind of cool, but everyone else around you might... Yeah, yeah. that's a really good point. Is it kind of thing where you see see the, the herds of Pokemon Go players? Yeah, but yeah, b people got used to them, didn't they? Did still they? catches my eye. Yeah. <laughs> still catches my eye. Um, Pickpocket still going. The competitor. So what do you think of the concept, Alex? First time you heard it. What, just then? Yeah. My initial impression was was previously said. I thought I feel like it'd be a strange interaction yeah. with the fellow gamers okay. amongst the community. Oh. But I like I like the the macro concept, you know, having location based. And yeah, would it be strong enough to make that local community, like Pokemon Go? Mm. Maybe, maybe not. Yeah, um, it is quite a close knit community to work. I think. Yeah, chicken and egg, chicken and egg. So egg and chicken. The competitor hasn't updated the app in years now so um says it already doesn't it all. so maybe take them all <laughs> to the rejection <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah <laughs> maybe they've been working hard on you know ar kit <laughs> for four years it's <laughs> 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 been waiting <laughs> yeah so that's moved to rejected pile. uh so that's it for today uh what's been your favorite today ross uh i it's between the glass door for office spaces and helping people migrate services to other countries okay uh if i had to pick i'd go for migrating services oh, interesting what be alex yeah um i think that migrating services has a lot of value if you want to talk about value creation yep for other businesses um i like i like the glass door they, i mean they're different they're different entities you know they are one's a uh, glass door you can kind of hustle your way to your first 
first hundred reviews. Yep. Um, whereas the you know the agency type would be be a, lo- a longer ball game. Absolutely. If you like. Yeah, I mean, I think whatever. Another thing that sparked it was meeting, um, when me and Ross were in Southwest Southwest, we met someone like a law a lawyer, I think a tech lawyer who helped businesses, um, start an office in like New York and America. Um, so UK spun companies going over to America, mm-hmm. and it was kind of that transition period. Yeah, but that was more like visa based and like sorting all that side. Yeah. Of businesses out. Yeah, but it's the same sort of like, how do they get clients? Yeah, absolutely the same sort of model I guess of offering services to help people mm-hmm. migrate somewhere else what about you um, I th- yeah I think uh, Glassdoor for office spaces it's got potential oh <laughs> didn't realise it was such a I mean, it did get promoted quite quite fast it did, uh, it, did. it could be a, a you know digital nomad style venture the popularity of that one nomad list yeah it's that style of mm-hmm. product Interesting, especially if it's for co-working spaces. I mean, there might there w- there will be some out there for co-working spaces, but but they wouldn't be. I wouldn't think they'd be as kind of concrete with people in those offices doing reviews of what it's actually like there. Mm. Um, but it's yeah, it's also B two B like B two B as well. So potentially you got high paying customers mm-hmm. if you do make it right. Featured, featured uh, office spaces. Yep. You know, yep. free free office space trials. Free work. Stop giving out ideas. <laughs> 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 yep, well, so we're going to go and make it now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, cool. We'll finish up here. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, I think next time we'll be going through more of the idea stages uh, on this season mm-hmm. of podcasts. On the next, the shelf. <laughs>